I think we need to look at ourselves as radioactive when it comes to the impact that we have on people. Being around someone will inevitably change them. We will seep into them over time and they into us. This is Deep Talk. Have you ever wondered how much of your personality actually came from the unique parts of you? Undoubtedly, our friends and family influence so much of who we are. I don't think there's any way around that because as a child, you're looking for guidance and these figures in your life, by their example, shape who you are. It's unavoidable. And I've always found that particularly frustrating that I am not the sole creator of my identity. And maybe that's why I try to divert from known popular paths or something. I don't know. Like, what is it to submit to this, to the lessons of forefathers, to the examples set by the people before us? It's a continuance of another person's legacy. And through us, the people that influence us live on. That's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the person and depending on the influence they had on you. I'm of the belief that negative examples impact us so much more than the positive ones. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but it it feels to me like pain sticks with you more than pleasure. Maybe it's just the way I have my brain wired, or maybe it's just nature. But either way, I'm not interested in being guided by pain. I want to follow my passions, my curiosities, and my joy. I don't want to be forced down these roads solely because I'm avoiding another one. But if it's going to be this way, and if I will always inherit and absorb the influence of the people around me, then there's some decision to be made in who I permit into this radioactive area, who I choose to allow to seep in to me. I think I can identify certain people that have influenced the way I speak and those who have shaped my thought process, both positively and negatively. And I can see the avenues in my life where I went down roads that have inhibited me and wasted a lot of my time and shaped the structural parts of me, the foundational stuff, which is a lot harder to shake. You know, if you're raised with good habits, then those can be these guiding forces later on in life. But the negative ones that you get at an early age are are so difficult to break away from because they sit at the core of what you're built on. There was this fancy restaurant that I went to on a gift card, and the dessert was this chocolate orb thing. And they brought out this hot vanilla substance. And as they poured it on top of the orb, the chocolate shell melted away to reveal a mostly empty area. It was hollow. And while it was delicious, 
it disappointed me how little substance was actually within the dessert. And that's how I feel sometimes. When challenges come up in life, no matter how small, that make me realize that I wasn't prepared for some things. They can even be like simple things, but, but the chemistry of my mind, the way I've been shaped, the way I've chosen to be, has made me ill-equipped to deal with the situation. And so as this unfamiliar problem is poured over me, it pulls back parts of me that are broken and it reveals the hollow bits of my frame. Now, as frustrating as this is, I consider it a breakthrough. To identify the weakness is to give oneself an opportunity to address it and to fortify it. So I want to look at people that have a cruddy influence on you as a disease. The thing about disease is once it's in you, you can't really resist it. It's breached those walls and it festers inside you and it spreads and it affects your health. And that feeling of sickness, of hopelessness that I see in people who have chosen to be around cruddy people, that seems to me like an excuse. Because if you can determine who you're around, if you have a say in where you are, then you can choose what diseases you're going to be near. The sickness can only harm you if you choose to be close to it. And so it's not about fighting from within, it's about prevention. It's about identifying the risks around you and cutting them off before it becomes a problem. Now, I am historically bad at looking past my own nose. My vision is so limited, truly. I, I, I don't know what that is. I've definitely lived a privileged life, and so maybe I haven't had a need to anticipate what the future holds but however I got here, I need to learn to anticipate a situation's outcome. It's not the hardest thing in the world. It just takes practice, and it just takes a little self-awareness. And maybe it's less about trying to envision how these factors are going to play into your life. And maybe it's more about just observing how other people's decisions are impacting them. I was blessed with a group of friends that made a lot of bad decisions growing up. And unfortunately, the biggest thing that I took away from those relationships was judgment. I was such a judgy kid. I was so snotty, had my head up my butt. And while it kept me out of trouble, it turned me into quite the snob in some ways. But what I did gain from that time was an awareness of what certain choices lead you to. And while I've never been that good at observing myself, I've always been good at identifying things in others. And I think that skill exists in a huge part because I was around people that I got to observe experimenting with life more than I did. I got to see the immediate thoughtless decisions and the excitement that came along with those stupid decisions. But more importantly, I got to see the repercussions for the mistakes they made. 
And that was probably one of the most powerful tools in my possession when it came to resisting pressure to be something else. Knowing that these choices would lead them down these cruddy paths with limited opportunities, it gave me the strength to decide not to uh, participate. I'm such a square, if you haven't picked that up yet. But I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've given myself by limiting myself. And as I transition from a child to an adult in training, I'm feeling that shift from being influenced to influencing others. My age alone puts me in a position of being a contaminator more than I am a recipient for contamination. And so the decisions I make and the examples I set are having more and more repercussions the older I get because people are starting to look up to me and to be aware of the choices that I'm making. And knowing that I have that influence is altering the way that I'm acting. And hopefully that's a good thing, trying to set a good example for younger people and for my peers. But probably most importantly, it's changing my perspective as I get closer to fatherhood. I don't know if there's a more influential relationship than a parent to a child. Because it seems like everything that a guardian does is just soaked in to the mind of a growing person. They just observe and emulate everything. And so that's a terrifying prospect, thinking about being a dad, because everything I do will pollute my child. And I wish there was a broader term for pollutants, you know, that includes the good side of things. But that's just trying to convey the metaphor, so I'm not going to dwell on this metadata. I have to be more aware that my actions and the way I choose to live my life right now are going to be defining principles that my children embrace when they're born. And I wish more people would carry this awareness with them. I hope I remember to. Because it seems like so many parents operate as if they're not shaping little people. They act in ways that do not align with the fact that they are stewards to these children. And I don't know how they couldn't be aware that that what they are doing is molding every decision that this kid is going to make down the road. I truly wish that much responsibility didn't fall upon parents because I feel like it makes a lot of them uptight and overreactive to the decisions that their kids make. And when they come down on their kid for making a wrong decision, I feel like it polarizes the kid to rebel. I think there's a million different ways to freak out about parenthood. (laughs) But it seems to me like the sanest way to go about it is with an awareness of what you do impacting the person that your kid is going to become. I mean, I used to fight this notion that To a certain extent, I'm just a clone of my predecessors. I used to resist the fact that so much of me exists 
because of the example that my parents set, both good and bad. But I'm at a point now where I've accepted it because the past is a solidified construct. The present is the only place that I can influence how much of me is me. And I guess the future is the result of the choices I'm making now. The person that I want to be can only exist if the person I'm choosing to be takes those first steps. I think I've always had a funny relationship with my future self. Because I've mentioned before that I used to lay sod on the side of a highway. And when I'd come to this barren, muddy field that just seemed to go on for miles, I knew that my future self would have taken care of this. You know, by the end of the day, that version of me that exists in 10 hours from now will have done the work. And I've kept that mindset when I was in school and when I've done any other form of hard labor, I've always been impressed by my future self because somehow he's going to figure out how to get this done. And while my present self is very intimidated and terrified at the notion of working that hard, I've always trusted my future self. And I feel like that somehow contradicts the concept that I just established before that. But the person I've been and the person I am and the person I'm going to be are three totally different individuals if I want them to be. You know, I could be stagnant my whole life. I, I could rest on the constructs that were created for me by the people who raised me. Or I can figure out who I am. And more importantly, I can figure out who I'm going to help my children to be.